right, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the very tail end of 2019. We are now going to be entering into the futuristic year of 2020. Welcome to the Sons of History podcast. I'm Dustin Bass. And I'm Alan Joaquin. And we are going to give you a bit of a rundown on our big year, but also we're going to be talking about something topical that's taking place right now in Virginia. They've got a gun bill that's been passed by their house, and it looks like it'll probably be signed into law by their governor. Um, But before we get to that, Alan, let's discuss our big year. This is our first full year as the Sons of History. It's had a lot of ups. It's had a whole lot of downs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am looking forward to the end of this year. <laughs> I have a clear vision for 2020. Very clear. Get it? Clear vision 2020. Hey, do you realize yeah, that I we know. are I've now... used that before. We are about a week away. No, not even a week away. We're a few days away from the roaring 20s. Oh, man. You know how those ended. Well, yes, but you know that's still <laughs> but nine, before that's still that, yeah, nine years from nine now. years away, man. So you know what I'll do? It's you gonna know, be great. You know, you know what I'm gonna do? I am going to invest all my money okay. in the stock market. I'm gonna get it out of the um, the emu farms, and I'm gonna put all my money in the stock market. And then around 2029, I'm gonna go short on everything, so that you know if the stock market collapses. It's not a bad a, idea. I'll be a rich man. A very, very rich man. I thought you were already rich. Well, I'm rich because of friends like you. Thank you. Yes. What a pal. Yeah. You're you're my brother. You are my brother. My brother, my pal. So. You're my brother. You're my sister. That is not that I'm here to curry favor with anyone, mind you. But the one thing I am grateful for is the uh, platonic business partnership (laughs) that you and I have. Because we build off each other's strengths, we each have our own. Is it platonic? Strengths. It is very platonic. What, what about this? I know you're what not, about this episode? You're not wearing a shirt right now. I realize that, but and that's because my shirt stunk. If you watch the Facebook Live, uh, you, you yeah. saw, I had to keep it on then. But jeez, Louise, there is a smell to that shirt. It's okay, I'm not wearing any pants. That's right. I'm wearing shorts, but uh, I do. But uh, no, I mean that that is the one thing about this year. I uh, my friendship with Dustin has has gotten even better uh, he's a great man and for you ladies out there you know I'm single hey, and I'm ready yeah so yeah I mean he, he he's everything if he, he's smart he's good looking <laughs> he's dude everything you know I'm just saying you know uh, cancel your match.com subscriptions and just give this man a call <laughs> give me a call yeah just you just follow 832 him, follow him on 228. No, nope. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, now, you know. A lot of crazies out there, but, man. But, but just, yeah, uh, just follow him on Facebook and ask him to play Misty for you. Misty? It's a Clint Eastwood movie. It's a stalker. Oh, it's, I never saw it. Play Misty for me. It's one of uh, Clint Eastwood's early movies. He's a radio DJ type. Huh. Uh, I, haven't, I never saw it. Probably for a good reason. Probably wasn't very good. good. Was it good? Yeah, it was a good movie. Oh, okay. Play Misty for me. It was a good movie. Hmm. Clint Eastwood, come on. Well, Clint Eastwood has been in some bad movies, too. Uh, yeah, Bronco Billy, but that's... Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what was the arm wrestling movie with the? Uh, no, that was uh, that was Sylvester Stallone over the no, top. the oh. trucker movie with the orangutan. That wasn't an arm wrestling movie. I always think it's an arm wrestling. Every movie. which way but lose. Every which way yeah. but lose. That was a good movie. Wasn't? Oh man! And the gra- <laughs> that grandma lady who had the shotgun in her lap when all those bikers showed up. Get off my lawn! Get off my property! So it was like Gran Torino before Gran Torino. Yes. Every Grand which Mal way. Torino. Every which way but loose is a good movie. Okay, I have to take your word for it. All right. Um, yes, it's been. I think it's been. A, it, it's been a good year for me. Um, it's been a good year for the show. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to next year. Um, doing more. Um, doing better stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the year 2020. I think um, I think we've got a lot to look forward to. Our base is growing, so that's a, that's a good thing, mm-hmm. um, ladies and gentlemen. Um, in order to help us get our base growing, uh, go go subscribe and like. And, well, go subscribe to our podcast if you if you don't mind, um, and also leave us a rating and a review. That'd be freaking awesome. So uh, big favor there. So let's talk about some of the things that we've done this year. Um, you know, the year before, uh, we started up our American revolution series Mm -hmm. on YouTube Mm -hmm. that has taken a lot longer than we anticipated. Um, did not anticipate it taking as long as it has, but you and I have full-time jobs. You have full-time job. I run a business. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've also got, you know, I do the young life. Um, so there's a number of things that, that take up my and time. I got to take care of my mom. I yeah, mean, that, that, that is takes a up. full-time Yeah, my right mom there. is getting older and yeah, so yeah, she's yeah, a good I'm woman. having to go visit her every other weekend and yeah. spend time with her. So, so it's, I think we run into, um, issues that I, cause there are a lot of history shows like on YouTube and they do very well and I, I watch them mm-hmm. and I enjoy them. And I was thinking actually just last night, I'm like, I would like to get some of these people on our show just to interview them on the podcast you know, uh, cause they're doing, they're doing great stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they, they are doing so much better than what the education system provides. Like they make it interactive. They make it fun. They make it engaging. And I don't want it to be where we want, you know, the market share or whatever. No, it's like, look, we're doing all of this together. We want, you know, history to be told and to be told accurately. And there are a lot of shows out there, um, that, that they do a great job. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully we can get some of those people on, on the show this year, this coming year yeah. of 2020. But we are still ongoing with the American Revolution series. I got to put the next, you know, freaking episode three part whatever up. I keep not doing it. So sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what, but I mean, what year are we on? We are in 19... No, nope, 17. Dad gummit. Uh, 1780. I believe we just got through with 1779. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe we're moving into the very end of the uh, 1780 when the War. Southern uh, campaign mm-hmm. begins. So, yep. yep, that was the I think one of the last lines of the last episode. So because we talked about um, John, um, oh my God, father of the Navy. Oh, John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones. Yeah. Yes, and your stupid Led Led Zeppelin joke. <laughs> it was great. He, he, I think he, he didn't get well. enough credit. It's always plant and page. Uh, plant and page. page. Well, you know, John Paul Jones. He's So ladies and gentlemen, yeah, check out our check out our videos on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh recently, this month actually, 
you and I got picked up by the Epic Times. We are doing some writing for them. Mm -hmm. uh, your second article may come out this week. That would be awesome because it is a New Year's um, article. Go yes. ahead and talk about what that's going to be about. Well, it's about what George Washington faced. Um, you know, the first year or the first half of 1776 went fairly well. The British uh, evacuated Boston mm -hmm. and Washington was able to consolidate his power. We had some uh, operations that took place in Canada with uh, Richard Montgomery, with Benedict Arnold, uh, with Philip Schuyler. Um, they, they captured Montreal and the British attacked Charleston and didn't do very well. So... The first half of the year went very well. Bunker Hill. Well, no, Bunker Hill was. I know in we. I know we lost. Se that was in seventy-five. That was oh, in yeah, seventeen seventy-five. Right. Sometimes when I say stuff, uh -huh. I wish I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Half the time sure I feel you're... that way. <laughs> oh, about yourself? Yeah. Well, suck no, it. Hey. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, we're gonna go there. Oh, we're, we're gonna, gonna go there. Okay. I'm talking well, about you, lemons and eggs. You just wait until this show is over, buddy. All right. Um, now yep. you know seventeen seventy-six also. You had Thomas Paine's Common Sense came out, which turned things around. Yeah, and then you had the uh, debate, then you had the signing of the, uh, uh, the Declaration of Independence. So, yeah, very, very good first half of the year. Mm -hmm. As the second half, things started to go bad and real bad. Mm -hmm. uh, Washington started losing every single battle. The only thing that went his way was the uh, Battle of... of um, Harlem Heights, and it was really wasn't the battle; it was a skirmish. But uh, but things looked bleak, completely bleak. Um, the war appeared to be over. The the American Revolution was over. The cause was dead. The nation was dead, and Washington turned things around in mm -hmm. nine days. Completely turned things around. And the point of the message is, is that look, you know, um, whether you're whether 2019 went well for you, whether it went bad, 2020 is a new year. Yeah. And go into it with a positive attitude mm -hmm. because if, if Washington can turn things around in nine days yeah. and eventually win the Revolutionary War, each and every one of us can do the same. Yeah. So, every day counts, too. Right. So yeah. I, I advise people, when, when the story comes out, read it and mm -hmm. see the... Everything that that happened to Washington and his army, mm -hmm. and you you will sit there and think, you know, my problems are trivial compared to what Washington went through. Yeah. So if he can turn things around, certainly I can. And twenty twenty should be a good year for everybody. Yeah. And reference your Christmas truce article. That was your first one. That was mm -hmm. that was a really good one. Thank Very you. enjoyable. Thank my you. mom said, I think I think she was like, it brought me to tears. Like she really loved that article. She. You know, and there's a lot of people who had never heard of the Christmas truce yeah. of 1914. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a very timely piece uh, 105 years it, ago. That it was good. really illustrates the absurdity and the insanity of that war. It, yeah. It, both sides should have just said, you know what, this war is stupid. Mm -hmm. Let's reevaluate what we're doing. Let's have a ceasefire and uh, go back to the status quo. Yeah. That, that's what they should have done. Right. But they didn't. Oh. And it ended up. You know, after the Christmas truce, the war went on for another four years, mm -hmm. needlessly, right. and it expanded. You know, new uh, theaters of operations yeah. took place. Turkey got involved. You had wars in North Africa, the Middle East. Um, Menorca? I uh, know, that's in Spain. <laughs> Menorca, Mallorca, and Ibiza. Um, but you had the, you had the collapse of 
the German Empire, the Russian Empire, the Austro-Hungarian Empire. You know what? During your funeral, and I'm going to do the eulogy, I'm just going to get up there and say, Menorca. Menorca. And then walk off. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. So now I've got I've got three articles. Um, I put three articles together. So yeah. you can actually find us. You can go to theepictimes.com. That's uh, the epic e. At, I I asked Josh. It's like is it epoch or is it epic? And he's like, well, it sort of goes back and forth depending on where you're where you're from. Um, but he said we just call it the Epic Times. Uh, so E P O C H. And you can search. The... You can search my name. You can yeah. search Alan's name. You can find our author page. Author page. Uh, so I've written three. My first one was on the push for a 90% graduation rate mm-hmm. by this group um, called America's Promise Alliance, which is also uh, sort of named Grad Nation. That's the push. Um, it's really, to me, it's an asinine um, idea to put the reason why they're they're doing they're pushing this. Well, I explain it. I explain it pretty thoroughly. Mm-hmm. So it's very irritating to me. Um, very, very well written. And I, I, I want to say that your other two, um, one of them I knew was yours, and I really enjoyed it, the Spanish Civil War. Yeah. But the other one on the on the uh, Electoral College, I'm sitting reading it, and I was like, this guy is spot on. And then I read it at the end, and it's, and it's just Dustin. <laughs> I was like, Dustin Bass, wait, I know that guy. <laughs> I know that idiot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Electoral College one was uh, spot on, man. Well, thank you very much, yeah. Um, so I enjoyed reading that because it's very irritating. The Business Insider, I don't know, like, Business Insider has become like HuffPost 2.0. Um, to me, it's like Business Insider has a serious name, but it's not a serious publication. Uh, I'm, uh, it's just, I get annoyed now um, by the stuff that they, they just put out. And this guy, Michael Gordon, he's supposed to, you know, he was part of the, the Clinton um, administration, uh, the Bill Clinton administration and everything. And, like, he's just putting all this just idiotic stuff. Uh, together and so I'm like I, I'm gonna go ahead and sort of take this guy to to task with a number of these things. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like space did not allow. I ended up having to knock out. Like I edited some of your stuff, and you know you're like, eh, you know, how much are you gonna knock? Off? Like I had to knock off like 300 plus words um, for the first off, one. Off no, off of mine. Oh, off did of you? the one about the constitutional liberty, like the yeah. the electoral college stuff. Like I had to knock us knock a lot of stuff just to fit that that. Uh, that amount of words, the 1200 uh, word amount that they, they they request. But, um, yeah, I'm going to post like the, the original, which has a number of other things that he had mentioned that I refuted. So I'm going to post that up on my, my personal website, DustinBass.me, M-E. Um, so yeah, we're very excited. We're going to be doing a lot of writing for the Epic Times. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, you can check out, um, that website as well and, uh, leave some comments on there. Um, so, all right, podcast. We've been doing the podcast since October of 2018. <clears throat> so, a little over about 14 months now. Uh, it's been a thrilling ride. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened since we started the podcast. The Mueller report had come out. Um, we had the longest government shutdown in U.S. history uh, take place. Notre Dame caught fire. Um, we had the 100 year anniversary of the Treaty of Versailles from World War One. Um, let's see. I mean, we had the Hong Kong and the NBA situation, the whole China and NBA, which really affected Houston because it was the, the GM, Dale Morey, of the Houston Rockets who tweeted that out. We had the red flag law situation. These are right. all conversations that you and I had right. um, that were, I thought, were really enjoyable. And then we had some highlight interviews. 
um, in which you had the Dick Cole, Lieutenant Colonel Dick Cole of the Doolittle Raid. That was great. We did the video and then we posted the the audio on the podcast. Um, I was I mean, really how big, of a, I, how big of a deal was that for your 2019? Well, the Dick Cole one was really the uh, the big one for me because he was the very last of the Doolittle Raiders. Um, his daughter looked at me after the interview and she said, "Now this is what she said." She goes, "This may very well be his very last interview ever." Mm-hmm. I mean. It's sad that he did pass away in March. Yeah, just just, just months later. Yeah, um, I you know I, I'm kind of I don't I don't know I have mixed emotions of the fact that is it possible that we have the very last interview of him? Right. Um, I really wish God he was such a nice man. Mm-hmm. He was such a nice man, and 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 I could tell he was in pain getting up, but I loved that guy. He was so nice. Mm-hmm. But um, rest in peace. He's now with the uh, 79 other guys. And, um, but, but we, we got him, we, yeah. we, we got his interview. That was and, huge. And he, he, he spoke to us, him and his daughter spoke to us mm-hmm. and, uh, we were able to present it. And, and, you know, in the movie Midway, mm-hmm. there's a reference. You could see him in the movie. Right. They don't mention his name, but you could see who he was in the movie. Right. And it did mention at the end of the movie in the credits that the last living Doolittle Raider died just, uh, yep. in, in 2019. Like, hey, and that's, well, you got yeah, to talk to him. That, that was our, that's our we, you. But, That's our man right yep. there. So I still get goosebumps when I think about the fact oh, that we sure. spoke yeah. to him. I mean, this guy sat right next to Jimmy Doolittle in the very first plane. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, you know, we, we got. Uh, I was also very proud of um, our interview with uh, with <clears throat> two of the authors mm-hmm. that I'm I'm big fans of. Uh, I'll mention Dar- Dr. Uh, Gary Wheeler Stone, Fatal yeah. Sunday. Fatal Sunday. Uh, when I went to Monmouth Battlefield in New Jersey, um, it's it's not a battle that's really talked about very much in terms of, say, Bunker Hill or Yorktown. But it was, I would say it goes beyond the Revolutionary War as one of the most important battles in U.S. history because it was the the first time that our men were organized as, von a, pro- mm-hmm. yeah. as a professional army. Mm-hmm. Um, before, you know, von Steuben shows up and he... he he does the drills, and he, he teaches our, our men how to fight European-style warfare. Yeah. And, you know, Washington never won a battle mm-hmm. prior to the um, Monmouth. Now, Monmouth will be viewed as, as, as a tie, but America clearly um, did better Showed than— her stuff, yeah. Right. Um, and and the, the British were now like, holy, wow, you know, th- these are not— a, a ragtag army that's just going to run at the side mm-hmm. of our bayonets. These guys actually stood their ground. Yeah. So um, I was very glad that we could uh, uh, talk with him. And then, if I may, because yes. we we talked about you know going into the new year and maybe mm-hmm. your 2019 wasn't that great or whatever, and maybe 2020 looks you know a little bleak as well. The Battle of Monmouth was what the first battle post Valley Forge. Correct. Is that correct? And Valley Forge is known as like an extremely harsh time for uh, the Continental Army because it was just brutal winter. Mm-hmm. There was no fighting. It was just, you know, they were just trying to survive the winter. Correct. And sometimes we find ourselves in those situations where we're just trying to survive the moment in our life. Mm-hmm. But they, 
via von Steuben was able to take that moment, sort of that dead period of not doing anything and did something great that moved the army into the future. Correct. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I think that is something that you can take personally and say, this has been, or this is going to be a pretty rough time in my life. I encourage you to build upon maybe what you would consider a dead period in your life. I've done that personally. I've had some real harsh years in my life to where I'm like, you know what? As much as my life sucks right now, I'm going to build off of it. And I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to invest in some abilities. I'm going to invest in, in knowledge, and you know, in, in, which leads us to where we are today and where I am today. Like You have to take those moments. You can't just wait for the sun to shine. You have to just take those dark moments and say, I'm going to build off of this. I'm going to build off of my Valley Forge moment. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everybody, this 2020, regardless of what your year is looking like, build off of it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Alex Kershaw. Was that no good? I don't know. I think it was wonderful. You couldn't have just said, hey, man, that was good. Nice. You know how like well some, some people, some people. <laughs> I need, I need the pat on the back. All right. You're not wearing a shirt. I'm not going to pat you on the back. Uh, no, you know how some people are just, their reputations precedes them and they don't need a uh, you know, an introduction like Alex Kershaw. Mm-hmm. That's how your speech was. Your speech was so powerful it doesn't need a follow-up. Thanks. Okay, move on. All right. Alex Kershaw. <laughs> we love Alex Kershaw. Love him. Love him. All right. We got to meet him. Yep. He, got to uh, hang out. Got to hang out with him. Had dinner with him. Yep. 45-minute uh, interview turns into, what, an hour and a half, hour 45? We just had a great time with him. Insane, yeah. The guy, um, this guy is like a best-selling author. He, was, he emceed the... Uh, 75th. Was it the 75th of D-Day? or uh, Yeah, 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 D-Day. Was it the 70th or the 75th? No, the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion at the... Um, at the Washington Washington Memorial. Well, no, to the World War II Memorial. World War II Memorial in yeah, Washington. In right? Washington, D.C. Yeah. He emceed it. So uh, that's a that's big deal. That's a freaking big deal. Yeah, so we... I mean, we're on a first-name basis with him. I have his home phone number right here in my I'll phone. I'll call him right now. I, you, want, I got his number. you want me to do it? I'll call him. <laughs> I'll call him up. And not only that, but uh, I won't mention where he lives, but he said, hey, anytime you're hey, in... Hey, boys. Anytime you're in, you know, my neighborhood, you got a place Swing to stay. By. Yeah. yeah, that's a big deal, you yeah. know? That's like uh, Michael Jordan saying, hey, you want to come over to my place? Yeah, literary Michael yeah. Jordan. Or Harvey Weinstein. Well, not waiting. But wow. No. Would we have to sleep on the couch? <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Weinstein before, uh, you know, the, uh, the poop Can we the stop? Film. Yeah. Yeah, I better <laughs> stop. Okay. Not, okay. Forget Harvey Weinstein. Let's, who's the big man in, um, in, in the movies? I don't know. Jeffrey Epstein? I don't, I'm trying to think of somebody. <laughs> he didn't commit suicide. That's all I know. No, but Alex Kershaw was a big deal. And yeah. it, it was, it was, we just, we had a great time talking with him. Uh, we met him at the Holocaust Museum um, mm-hmm. in here, here in Houston, and uh, I mean, we just we had a great time. Had a great time with him. We uh, we had Mark Lardis on mm-hmm. the show, Mark Lardis, and I, I would like to have him on the show again. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some new equipment, so because he is really soft spoken, he's an extremely soft spoken guy. Mm-hmm. So our new equipment is going to bring his voice in a bit better. But uh, doc- uh, Doctor, I have several Mark of his Lardis, books. Yeah, he's written, ladies and gentlemen. If you go 
into Barnes and Noble and you check like the Texas history, you know, those Texas history sections where you've got all this information. He's written like 10 books. Yeah. I was there like last week and I was looking at this like, all right, where's Mark? And they're like, it was like five or six books of his. Well, when right you there. told me we we're going to interview him, I was like going, Mark, what? I was like, I know that name. And when I looked him up online, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, I have this book. Oh, I have Mark. this book. I have, yeah. I mean, they were like sitting in my bookshelves. There they are. We had so. a conversation on about General George Washington yeah. during his generalship, but he's done, he's, he specializes in, uh, in the Navy and mm-hmm. in, in ships. Mm-hmm. So definitely want to have him on the show regarding that. Joshua Phillip of the Epic Times. I had reached out to him a number of years ago. We kept in contact, had him on the show. That's just super like mind, like like just so much information that he gives. And you have one of the books that he, he, he yeah, recommended. He, re- he recommended uh, uh, Frederic Bastiat, or Bastiat, uh, Frenchman, uh, The Law. He said, get the law. Now, I went, uh, there's a book um, called The Collected Works of Frederic Bastiat, general editor Jacques de Guigny. Gwenin, something like that. Anyway. See, I don't have to get the law, because I am the I am law. The law. <laughs> All right, whatever you say there, Judge Dredd. Um, but this has the law, the state, and other political writings from 1843 to 1850. So, I have it right here in my hands. I was going to say my nicotine-stained hands. <laughs> I'm not... Uh, Why? That's what uh, Rush Limbaugh always says. Oh. In my formerly nicotine-stained hands. Stupid. So, uh, and you know, he opened up uh, a lot of doors for us. Yes, he did. Yeah. So. He got us, got us into the Epic Times. So thank you very much, Josh. Uh, and the last guy that we've had twice, uh, the last time you were out of town, but Joe Wolverton, yeah. the guy who wrote uh, The Royal James Madison, has two books that uh, came out. Where I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to receive, I think, at least one of them. Um, and I think it's called uh, What Do We Great? Wow. Did you hear what I said? I don't even know what I said. What Degree of Madness? I think it's uh, based on the Federalist Paper 46, I believe, off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, Joe, I asked him, I was like, can we call you Uncle Joe? And I was like, wait, never mind. <laughs> We're not going to call you Uncle Joe. Uh, Joe Wolverton, what a great guy. What a great um, conversation. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that, too. Um, so uh, those are some, some, some of the shows that we've had. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a good year. We're looking forward to 2020. And now let's look forward to... This conversation that we're going to be having on the Virginia gun bill, um, we won't take up too much of your time, but I just want to to hit on some of this. What are your thoughts on this Virginia gun bill? Have you read it? No, I have not read it. I, I read it last night. Did you? I read the <laughs> it's reaction. Um, I've read the it's... reaction of it, and you know there are people. You have sheriffs, sheriff, uh, um, you know, counties, whatever yeah. you want to call it, where they're deputizing citizens, right? And there are militias being formed up in Virginia. And, mm-hmm. I, and I will say that they are well-regulated militias. They're yeah. not just your, uh, like some of the old militias, white supremacists. It's nothing yeah. of the sort. This right. is, okay, this, the... Uh, These are people you, who gonna... understand their rights right. as American right. citizens. Over and, 90% of the counties... Uh-huh. Are, are trying to try to become right. like these Second Amendment um, sanctuary counties. Right, because um, the, the Democratic-leaning counties are concentrated just in the cities. Right. But, you know... Primarily in Northern Virginia. Right. And, and that, you know, that was one of the things that I wanted to mention as one of my complaints, is when, when, a, when a state goes to hell and people leave to find work in a conservative state mm-hmm. that's doing well right 
don't go to that state and vote the way you voted in yeah. the in the crapped out state. Right. Um, you know they're doing that in Texas. I mean, I mean, look, I've got a lot of Democrat friends and Democrats that listen to the to the show and everything. Mm. Nothing against that, but look, if you're coming from California, if you're coming from New York, if you're coming from places like Detroit and Chicago, it's like those are are cities and and states that. They're, they're more or less trampling on the rights of citizens Correct. by just creating these laws. Washington, Seattle, like mm-hmm. Seattle is a, it Seattle's a cluster. And, and I've been to Seattle and I, 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 I enjoyed being at the city, but I also hated being at the city and nothing mm-hmm. against Seattle. It's in a good place, right? Physically, the location. Well, except you do have, I, a, you have a uh, volcano that, um, it hasn't erupted yet. <laughs> no, but if it does, a lahar <laughs> will wipe out like a lot of people. Well, let's just pray it doesn't yeah. <laughs> it doesn't erupt. I mean, no, they built. But as far as they like built the neighborhoods view, the view, in the path of the, the view lahar, of it. the yeah, view of yeah. it is is beautiful. Yeah, and just like California. California has everything that you want. It has mm-hmm. the beaches. It has the mountains. It mm-hmm. has the vineyards. It has Hollywood. It has all this stuff. I lived in. I lived there for one year. Yeah. It's it is the most outside of Hawaii. It is the most beautiful state in the, I think in so. the union. Yeah, I mean, I I love California, but yeah. it's like I went to Seattle and there were homeless people everywhere, and I'm not talking. Old homeless. Uh-huh. I'm talking about young people in their twenties mm-hmm. who you knew you could just look at them and knew that these weren't just people who had, you know, run into some bad luck and the in products of the recession. These were drug addicts. Yeah. Like you could see it on them. You could see it in their in their face. Um, you could see it in their actions, you could see it in their in their um, their muscular structure, mm-hmm. like how just thin and frail that one like and I was like, "What are? What is the deal with all these?" I, I didn't know that they had had they had a homeless situation. So I looked, I Googled homeless situation mm-hmm. in Seattle, and just prior, uh, maybe like a year prior to us getting there, mm-hmm. the the mayor had actually issued a state of emergency regarding the homeless situation, and so the the three states that have the the biggest homeless population are the three cities really. Is New York City, um, I think Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Seattle, like the, or the four. Well, top I, four. I lived in it's San, just I lived in San Francisco in '92, and they were getting bad, and mm-hmm. I heard it's gotten worse. You had a guy that just there's a there's a Safeway in the Marina District. I used to go there. Some guy just dropped his pants and just defecated on yeah. one of the uh, aisles. Well, let me tell you something, because um, I sort of feel for that guy. I've been in that situation. I have been so close, and I've told friends and family this story. I went to New York City one time. Wait, wait, wait. Are you going to say that you... I No, I didn't do it, but I was at the very... Le- you know, this could be an entire show. They have bathrooms <clears throat> in that place. I barely made it to one. This was late at night. It was a disaster. But I was at the very end of the road, and I said... In the middle of Times Square, I was like, well, here are my two options now. Either I poop all over myself or I drop my pants and I poop right in here in the middle of the street. So I, <laughs> to an extent, I get it. Ladies and gentlemen, no I'll tell you that no story wonder your some shirt other time. stinks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to use it. So, but 
I get what you're saying. Like, don't come in and say, you know, you're, you're leaving a state that is like, man, they're really screwing up the state. The state was so great, but don't come in and, and, and vote the same mentality. Thank you. And the same ideas into power so that the state that you've moved into can get screwed up. Like, look, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Correct. If somebody says, well, we're doing this because of this, like, no, take a step back and look at it. Does this infringe upon your, your American rights? How does this, how does this actually, does this work? Has it ever worked? And mm. if the answer is no, then don't vote for it. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back on this Virginia bill. Here's the thing with the, the Virginia bill. It is now going to be against the law for you to like, I'm going to, I'm going to get the exact because ladies and gentlemen, if you go to trackbill.com, uh, you can actually find, um, these bills and, um, just you'll, you'll, you'll find these bills and you can read them and everything like that. So you won't be like, well, I'm going off of uh, third party information to see if, what actually is, is said. Um, any person who imports, sells, barters, or transfers any firearm magazine that is designed to hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition is guilty of a class one misdemeanor. But the big one is it says um, it is unlawful for any person to import, sell, transfer, manufacture, purchase, possess, or transport an assault firearm. A violation of this section is punishable as a class six felony. And that felony. Felony. You become a felon for doing any of those things. And they have reduced the amount of bullets in a magazine. It was 20. And now this law reduces it to 10. Mm -hmm. So that is the big thing. It reduces it drastically by 50%. But then now it, it's making it a felony to, as it says, import, sell, manufacture, purchase, possess, or transport. So even if you are, have already purchased, even if you bought this thing years ago, you are in possession and it's going to become a felony. Mm -hmm. So it is as uh, our good friend Beto O'Rourke, the guy that you um, always advocate for people to vote for, um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, the, it's the mandatory buyback, right. if you will. Mandatory buyback. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this should be an eye-opener for... I didn't even know that we had purchased our guns from the government. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't... It's private property, pursuit of happiness, all that stuff. Just don't harm anyone with it. Um, I, when I listen, and I've had a lot of debates with people who say, oh, y'all are so paranoid. The Second Amendment, we're not after your guns. And yes, you are. Yeah, you are. I mean, here, here in Virginia, Virginia finally controlled, the Democratic Party finally controls, uh, you know, the, the governor and the, the state assembly. And, and, you know, it's okay. Now they got their chance. Boom. Yeah. And they go it after that. It used to be a red state. Now it's right. a blue state. West right. Virginia used to be a blue state. Now it's a now red state. It's a state. red state. Yes, yes. I know. It's ironic. very interesting. But, you know, any place, you know, California's doing the same thing. California, mm -hmm. you know, when I lived there, we, we had a Republican governor. Yeah. Um, and even uh, the governor of uh, the, the mayor of San Francisco, his name was Richard Jordan. I, I believe he was a Republican, but don't quote me on that. But he was definitely not a left winger. He was... He, he had some managerial experience. Um, but as and, soon as... And as I don't want to... And that's the reason... Go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to... I, I want it... You know, it eliminates the debate in terms of where... 
people are going to sit and say, you're being paranoid. Mm -hmm. It's proof. Yeah. It's proof right there. And I think that this is going to backfire, I think, for a lot of people who... Um, it's going to backfire for the Democratic Party. I think it may. It looks like the party really made a change towards the Democratic um, Party via because of Trump. Like apparently, there were a lot of people in Virginia, especially you know in the in the in the bigger cities, mm -hmm. which there aren't any like metropolises in Virginia. No. It's known for that. But in the northern part, it looks like everybody was like, "Well, we like certain like Republican." ideas but we don't like this president mm -hmm. and that really shifted and and turned and even the republican governor who was who ended up losing to the uh now the current governor of virginia like he never like sort of as as trump said once uh, the guy lost it was like he never embraced me which i'm like I don't, I don't, I don't know if we need to be embracing each other, but, but you know what I mean? Like Trump was saying like, look, he never took my side. He never came to, you know, the, the, the Trump idea. Mm -hmm. And so that didn't help that guy because mm -hmm. it's like, dude, either you got to pick one or the other. Like this is the president who's in office. You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, and well, he yeah. apparently started pushing for ideas that apparently Virginians didn't really care care about like and i you know the democrat came in he won and uh now that state is no longer really purple it's more blue mm -hmm. now i agree with what you're saying to an extent like this could this push this sort of eye-opening moment of and we've heard it over the years like you said people are like you're paranoid they're not want to do that that's not the idea we just want protection we just want this and it's like no it never ends. And I was telling a, a friend of mine and she claims to be a progressive. Mm -hmm. And, and I was telling her, I said, look, progressivism is, it's never enough. It's never good enough. Whatever that you do today, mm -hmm. it must be more tomorrow. Right. The advancements and the progress that you've made over the past 50, a hundred, 200 years, mm -hmm. that's nothing. Yeah. It's not, it's not good enough. It will never be good enough. You always have to be pushing forward. And she's like, well, that's not, and it's like, then either you're not a progressive or you don't understand what progressivism is. Well, and that's not, that's not like Democrats. That is the Democrats of today. Right. And so you look at people like JFK, like that's. J if JFK was running for office, he would be a Republican. He'd be a Republican. I, and I, I'm, it's I've, so bizarre. I think, I believe JFK supported the National Rifle Association he when he did. was president. I think yes. he was even a member. I be, I, if I, I remember correctly, I yeah. believe he was. He was, yeah. And, you know, I remember when the Brady Bill passed, I think it was in 94. Mm -hmm. And that the very next week, Brady Bill 2 was introduced to Congress. And, and then look what happened. You had the uh, contract with America, Newt Gingrich. And for the first time in 40 years, the Democrats lost the House. Yeah. I mean, they, they had the House, especially when Tip O'Neill was there. The Democrats were not going anywhere. Yeah. But then in 94, the 94 election, and they, I think a lot of it had to do with the I Brady don't bill. think that a lot of um, um, politicians that really understand that there's a bit of a hierarchy in importance. And things that are important. One, the most important thing for Americans is the economy. And not just any economy. Their personal economy. Mm -hmm. right. If they're doing well and the part, a certain party is in power, they're typically going to continue to vote for that. Once that party, though, starts stepping onto 
American rights, the Bill of Rights, and starts to try to take those away, there is a reaction which supersedes the economy. Because Americans, we are we embrace much more our Bill of Rights mm -hmm. than we do our economic prosperity. Because a majority of Americans understand that it's not good enough to have... It's sort of like, we don't want to live in China where you're making a lot of money, but you got no liberties. Correct. There's a big difference. Like, we would rather have our liberties than bushels of money. Correct. And people always say, like, it's not always about the money. No, it's not. It's not always about the money. And you need to get that through your head. Mm. So when you start pushing, you know, these agendas are like, oh, we're not trying to take away your, your guns. Just some of them. Well, you're going to take some of them. You've been taking some of them. And now you're going to... You know, you're, this is a push. And I don't keep, think it's going to bode yeah. well for the Virginia right. Dem well, Democrats. They, they are, you know, like Beto was saying, the AR-15. We're gonna, we are going to take the AR-15. He, he didn't say it when he was running against Ted Cruz, right? But once he started running for president, mm -hmm. and he wanted to win that Democratic nomination, then and, it and was, then become we, a he wanted to become an Instagram influencer, right? And so, <laughs> so then he started saying, well, okay, I want to, I want to take away the AR-15. Okay, well then you're going to take what after that. You have the AK-47. You're gonna have the Ruger Mini-14. Then he's gonna take away any any rifle that that fires semi-automatically. Yep. Then after that, then you're gonna have to go after the semi-automatic handguns. Mm -hmm. And then you're gonna have to go with handguns in general. Because it's but, it does not you know, end. Well, it you know, the, doesn't end. What I mentioned earlier today was uh, you know that Hanukkah celebration this weekend. You had a guy show up with a machete. Yeah. If somebody if somebody wants to use a weapon of any sort. They're going to use a vehicle. They're going to use a bomb. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma City. I mean, didn't the mayor of London start saying, you know, we need yeah. to start confiscating knives? Knives, yes. London is it now more violent. End. London is more violent than New York City. And why is that? Because the only the bad guys have weapons to defend themselves. There is no deterrence. Yeah. I always depend on what Reagan always said, like, strength is the deterrence. Right. I mean, if you're a, if you're a punk, uh, a bully... Are you going to go after a weak guy, or are you going to go after a big, muscular guy who looks like he's going to kick your butt? Right. He's going to go after the weak guy. Right. You know, it's... He'll take it, his milk money. Yeah, that's just the way it is. It's And it's very interesting that Virginia has fallen into this, and this is the home of three great champions of the American Revolution, George Washington, James Madison, and Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. It's like, you've got... The father of the Declaration of Independence, the father of the U.S. Constitution, and the father of America. And Patrick Henry. Hello, Patrick Henry. Give me liberty or give me death. Like, yeah. these are, this is the basis of America, more or less. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and then it was wow, the, it was how the, the mighty have fallen. Ma the uh, capital of the Confederacy, Robert E. Lee. Um, exactly, yeah. You know, Richmond, Virginia was the capital of the mm -hmm. Confederacy. Um, right, the, the, the home of the outright defiance of everything right. that was you know the, the american federal government mm -hmm. um so it's very interesting to see how the shift has taken place in virginia do you think in this upcoming election that that state goes back to red i mean this is a substantial turnaround with how like a ton of the the counties saying we're not we're not doing this yeah you know we're going to become sanctuary cities sanctuary I, counties you know for the Second I, Amendment. I, I don't virginia i i couldn't tell you but i i can tell you north carolina will stay uh, red um i i couldn't tell you about florida either i i don't know this is going to be an interesting election oh it's I, definitely I'm, going to be an interesting election but i'm saying just based on virginia just based on this 
situation mm-hmm. that's caused such an uproar with uh, the citizens. Right. Um, it's one of those things that they, they didn't see coming, you know. Any other president with the low unemployment, with the high uh, participation rate, employment participation rate, the low uh, for the blacks, the, the Latinos, the, um, for women, for everybody, the, um, the high employment rate that we have, the economy is doing well. NASDAQ broke a record. Uh, New York Stock Exchange broke a record. Our economy is just steamrolling. Any other time, I would say, guaranteed, whoever's president right now is going to win the mm-hmm. election. I, I can't say that with, you know, 95% certainty mm-hmm. with, uh, with, with, with Donald Trump because he has said a lot of things that have... He, he's kind of like uh, Grant and Patton. You know, Grant, you, you, uh, Ulysses S. Grant and uh, George Patton, Grant was a drinker. Patton slapped two soldiers and he opened his mouth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Franklin Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln knew, I need these two guys. Yeah. I, need, I need these guys to win the war. Eisenhower knew he needed Patton. And he ta- they both tolerated, you know, Eisenhower and Franklin Roosevelt tolerated Patton. Abraham Lincoln tolerated Grant because they knew they could get stuff done. But they didn't have, you know, uh, Twitter in those days. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I kind of see Donald Trump as kind of being the same way. He gets stuff done, but boy, boy, does he turn off a lot of boy, people with some tweet. of this. tweet. Yes, yes. And he says stuff that just eek. Yeah. But, you know, what can you say? He's, any other year, if, this, if Reagan was president right now, Clinton, you know, um, 84 and in 96 the economy was doing well right um uh when uh when when obama and when um when bush the second bush Mm -hmm. you know the only i would say in the last in the last 50 years uh ford carter and the first bush they lost because the economy was not doing very well Mm -hmm. now ford also he he pardoned Nixon. He pardoned Nixon. Yeah, but was we really uh, inflation was going out of control at yeah. that time. Carter came in; he was a fresh start. But we had what a, a new term called stagflation, mm-hmm. and he he lost in the landslide to Ronald Reagan. Right. And George W. Bush, I'm sorry, George H. W. Bush. Um, there was a recession going on, and mm-hmm. he lost. Uh, he, he lost, lost to Bill Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. So you and know, Ross Perot didn't help the situation. No, no, either. he did not. But, you know, Ross Perot ran in, in 96, and uh, Bill Clinton still won. So, so, you know, America you typically likes to reelect their presidents if they're doing a pretty decent job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just take a look at the history on it. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Um, I mean, this, this is one of those laws where, you know, it makes you sort of scratch your head because of where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. If this was a law that was passed in New York or California or Washington. Which um, they probably have very similar You know what laws. I'm saying? Like yeah. it wouldn't be like, this would not be a head scratcher. No. This one is, well, I you know, lived to me. I worked in uh, D.C. Um, in 96, I believe. Might have been 97. I don't mm-hmm. even remember. But I, I lived in the Washington, D.C. area. I actually lived in Maryland. Um, in Maryland, I mean, it was fairly liberal and Virginia was fairly conservative. 
but you have a lot of people who are moving from Maryland to Virginia and they're, they're just, they're changing things. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I were a conservative and which I am, I, I would say, you know what, I'm going to, and I had to live in D.C., I would live in Virginia. I would live in Virginia, right. right. And the tax but rate is much lower, and right? the cost of living is lower. Correct. So you're not, and, and it's and safer. If you're, and if like, you're a gun owner. You don't want to live in Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, hell no. But if you're, if you're. Um, if, and you don't want to live in Washington, D.C., that's see, one of the most dangerous places. Right. But as a gun, as a gun owner, uh, I would not go and move to, let's say, New York. I mean, what's his name? Uh, that, that rocker. Um, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent. Oh, really? Left Michigan, <laughs> came to Texas because he was sick of, you know, they, they had a lot of Democrat governors, and mm -hmm. he was sick of their gun laws, so he came to Texas. Yeah. Which Ted um, Nugent's crazy well, anyways. Well, yeah, but, but, you know, California, if California passes a law like this, okay, I expect it. Or Massachusetts, I expect it. New York, I expect it with Andrew Cuomo. But not Virginia. I mean, yeah. come on. That that's always been. It's just very said. interesting that that yeah. would happen. I guess we will see what happens right. um, post but, this bill being passed, and not just like in the in the upcoming election, but what the citizens yeah. and what the local governments right. do. But see, Virginia, uh, because Virginia's always been a conservative state, you had a lot of people live there who owned a lot of guns, including AR-15s. Mm -hmm. So now with this turning with 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 a turning blue, yeah. they're like, wait a minute. No, I didn't ask for this. Yeah. If I wanted this kind of behavior from my governor, I would have lived in Maryland. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for them, the people of Maryland shipped it over to Virginia and, yeah. and turned their, their state blue. There you have it. So, All right, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it uh, sort of goes against the Second Amendment for sure um, if, if the federal government was doing it. But, you know, states are able to run their own show to an extent. So as long as they don't, uh, you know, fully get rid of these Bill of Rights, but they can adjust uh, certain things that we've done over the years, even freedom of speech. There are certain loopholes that you can't step into mm -hmm. or you'll get in trouble. Um, so, you know, there's the, you know, freedom of religion. There are certain states that, you know, fight against. Virginia has actually had some um, situations with freedom of religion um, and freedom of expression um, that has gone to court. So Virginia over the past number of years has been running into these situations. Um, but anyways, uh, anything else you want to add to this conversation? Uh, no, I think we, we pretty much covered what, uh, what we wanted to discuss. I'm glad Texas is still red, you know, cause I am certainly don't want some Democrat governor to come in here to say, well, you know what? I know Texas has been conservative for, mm -hmm. you know, since reconstruction. And I know you're doing very well. Right. However, has been leading the, yes, yes, the nation, uh, whatever, but, so, but, <laughs> but you enough know, of that. But, but if, you know, and, and I've seen, you know, I have Facebook friends and, and I will sit there and I will see them say, oh, I can't wait. We're going to let all these people in, wait until Texas turns blue. And then those Republicans are going to be in big trouble. And it's like, is that really how is you want to, why do you want to do that? Why no? Like, you know, why, look, what is with the, re, the mode of retaliation that exactly. we keep running into? Look, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of abortion. I, I, I think personally, I think it's wrong. But I'm not going to go. I know we've had our disagreements on this, but I'm not going to go and, and, you know, if, like, if I was the governor, I would not make it illegal because you're going to have a fight on your hands and I'm going to piss off half the state. Mm -hmm. So that for me, that's one of those things I will push it so that, you know, you personally will decide, you know what, I don't want to do it, but it'll mm -hmm. be your choice. Right. Um, I know I might be upsetting some conservatives, but there's, that's well, the hey, libertarian I mean, side of me that, that is. There, there are just... I, I think 
uh, from a libertarian, and I don't want to get on the abortion thing, um, mm-hmm. but I, I was going to mention it, but abortion is one of those other issues where mm-hmm. it's like, no, we're not pushing for that. We just want it for, you know, rape and incest and, you know, right, those, right. you know, special issues. And it's like, no, the rape and incest is 0.5% of those abortions. Mm-hmm. You know, people are getting, you know, abortions willy-nilly, although over the past number of years, it's that rate has been going down. Mm-hmm. But it's like... Now you're like uh, it gets worse. You're able to abort later and later and later. Yeah. And even the recent law, I think of last year by by New York, yeah. when they passed it, you know people were flipping out and like you're sort of flipping out over the wrong reason because they're like you know you they were misinterpreting the law because they hadn't read it. But in fact, you're actually they re they redefined what a human being was officially in the law. It's like this baby, if it is not out of the womb and alive then it's not a human being that is in the law itself Mm -hmm. that was passed in new york so that's what i was saying like progressivism doesn't stop that's why the name is progressivism right um so you you just have to be and these like i was saying i want to make it clear this is not anti-democrat but this is to me it is anti-current democrat like because the democrat party right now is frayed it is strained and they've lost their identity to an extent because they are pushing so far and so hard to the left very fast. They're pushing they're socialism, loose. which we have fought which against. Is very, it's so strange. But right. anyways, uh, yeah. just something to keep in mind. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the show. As always, we like to end on a scripture. It is Galatians 5, 13 and 14. It says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this is something that you mentioned in our book and movie recommendation and complaints mm-hmm. situation. It's like, look, moving into the new year, let's just please not be in absolutely insane because you're referencing the, the attack, the Hanukkah attack here uh mm-hmm. was it yesterday or you yeah know, you had this, uh, this Han- well this weekend you had the hanukkah attack with a machete and then in uh, fort worth you at the church you mm-hmm. had a the guy shooting. walked in with a shotgun just and um i think he but killed you the have security to pr- guard. like you, you, that just doesn't happen and that i think i've mentioned that before that just doesn't happen in that moment that is years of breeding that like that is cultivating those feelings of that animosity that causes you to do that. So practice practice love. Mm-hmm. Practice caring for each other. Yeah. Practice friendship. And quit trying to quit trying to impose forcibly impose your beliefs yeah. on others. Whether it's political, whether it's religious, whether it's yeah. whatever. whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would love it for I I would love it if every American was um, a conservative Aggie from Texas A&M who voted a certain way mm-hmm. and you know but you know if, if you're going to want to sport a tattoo I'm not into tattoos yeah. but if you want to sport a tattoo go ahead right it's not for me I don't like it and I'm not going to sit there and go yay tattoos no I'll be like oh you want a tattoo cool let me see it yeah yeah that's it but that's it um if you're going to if you want to be a Hindu you want to be a Buddhist you know okay well it's not for me but if you want to be a Hindu or Buddhist go right ahead go right ahead you're not going to fight you for it yeah. I'm not going to fight you over it so but a friend of mine was asking me, like, because we were talking about the division that is in America, and she's like, do you think that we can ever, you know, not be divided anymore? And I'm like, well, it depends on what you mean by division. 
It's like we're always going to be politically divided. We're always going to have different viewpoints. I said, but if we can do this, mm-hmm. if we can have conversation, I said, I think that will, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that we're all of a sudden like, I'm going to convince you or you're going to convince me of, of your viewpoint. Mm-hmm. But what it means is that we can have a differing viewpoint and still be pals. Yeah. That's what that means. And so the division will be political. We'll vote, you know, a certain way that somebody else doesn't agree with. But that friendship can still be there. Right. Yeah. And you can sort of take a a page out of the the book of the founding fathers. This happened all the time where they disagreed Mm -hmm. and well they, they moved on and they but they remained friends. Yeah. You can also take a page out of the chapter and see how that division was there and it ended up causing a civil war. Yep, that, so that's, that is you true. You can make your, you, you have to choose which one you want. I think I'd rather uh, the former. The, the thing that I really don't like is when I hear people say, if you don't believe a certain way, then you are part of the problem. Right. Shut up. Just, you know what, if someone else thinks differently, if you want to talk to them about just it, just talk to them about it. Just talk to them about it. But, and if you cannot convince them, okay. You tried, leave it alone. And you would be surprised at how often when you have that conversation and that person is like, you know what, I, I don't agree with what you're saying, but um, thank you for that conversation. They will walk away as I have walked away from conversation saying, you know what, I know I didn't convince that person and they didn't convince me, mm-hmm. but that was a really pleasant conversation. Yeah. And you walk away viewing a different viewpoint mm-hmm. in a different perspective. You're like, okay, I don't agree with it, but I'm glad that we had that conversation. And I see that, that maybe that group of people in a different light, in a more favorable light. My niece, who I love, is, is left wing. Mm-hmm. We, we had, this past weekend, we had a lot of conversations. And I think we agreed maybe 1% of the time. Mm-hmm. But I love that girl. I listened to her. She backed up what she believed in mm-hmm. with, with, you know, I don't want to say facts, but, but, but ideas. things, ideas. So I let it go. And it's like, okay, you know, my niece has her own mind. You know, maybe when she turns 30 and starts paying taxes, she'll realize, you know what? I don't know about these policies. Yeah. But let her, let her but figure let it out. people live life. Yeah. Let so, her figure it out. Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, that's it for the show. Alan, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and our very own website, www.thesonsofhistory.com. And they can now find us on the Epic Times. That's right. So all you got to do is search for our names and you'll find our articles. Uh, so please go check us out and subscribe to our YouTube channel and like us on Facebook and everything. And then also on this podcast that you're listening to, leave us a review that would be so helpful to us leave us a rating and also let your friends and family know about it ladies and gentlemen that is it for the show virginia we'll see what happens Uh, can you uh put your shirt on now i'll think about it